Hi everyone! Today we're going to be going a little bit more in depth and continuing the conversation we had in the last episode with Dr. Tennille Gaines and Dr. Rainisha Miller. We're going to be talking more about mental health struggles in college and what resources there are and what you can do if you or a friend needs extra support. So I hope this episode is informational and jumping into the first question. I wanted to ask you guys what mental health struggles do you guys see the most? I think what we see is very consistent with what the national data is. Mm -hmm. Um, And the national data tends to show that a lot of students are struggling with depression, anxiety. Mm -hmm. Those tend to be the top two. Mm -hmm. They can flip order any given year. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, though, I do think we are seeing more um, loneliness. We are seeing more eating disorders so it it really runs kind of the spectrum Mm -hmm. of mental health concerns and I think there's just so much to contend with right now that you just don't know how folks are going to respond to that but I would say depression and anxiety tend to be the top two presenting concerns yeah absolutely and whenever you are experiencing depression and anxiety or any type of mental health challenge They impact how you show up daily. Mm -hmm. And what I also see is a lot of social Mm -hmm. challenges because one of the the main symptoms of depression and sometimes anxiety is irritability. Mm -hmm. You don't want to talk. I don't want to hang out. And that can have a negative impact on your relationships. So I, I tend to see relationship concerns Mm -hmm. kind of attached to depression anxiety Mm -hmm. eating concerns because with an eating concern I don't want to eat in front of people Mm -hmm. I don't want people to see that I only eat Mm -hmm. a cereal bar once a day so a lot of these personal challenges we have or students have Mm -hmm. can impact how they show up socially and Mm -hmm. that is also a concern Yeah. yeah absolutely and there's a lot of overlap. Like mm-hmm. one thing will lead to another. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. then people feel like they're spiraling. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one thing I always tell my friends is if you guys feel like things are getting bad, get help right away. Yeah. Don't w- wait until it becomes 10 things. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's perfect, you know. And I think for some folks, there's so many whether perceived or real barriers Mm -hmm. around accessing help and so whether that's culturally Mm -hmm. you know not used to seeking support in this manner Mm -hmm. but will seek support perhaps in friends or family Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a religious provider i think people put this box around to your point I can only seek counseling when things are really bad. Mm -hmm. Like, things have to be really bad before I ask Mm -hmm. for help. But the moment something feels a bit off, I say, reach out. out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, too, related to that, because this is something I struggle with, too. I was raised by a single mother. And it was nothing for my mom to have multiple jobs at once. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up with the epitome of strength Mm -hmm. as my prototype. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of going to therapy or engaging in self-care felt self-indulgent in a way that was selfish. And I noticed a lot of my friends in college also had that same cultural understanding of self-care and mental health. Mm -hmm. It was selfish, like suck it up, do what you need to do. 
And so I have had to relearn and even help some of my students relearn that it's not selfish to take care of yourself by way of mental health services. Mm -hmm. It's actually a Mm self-investment because when you invest in yourself, you can continue to show up in the fullness of who you are, rather that's a a student, a a friend, a supporter. You know, when you pour into yourself, you're able to pour more out into the world. Mm -hmm. And so looking at mental health services as that's a self-investment. Yeah, self-full. Yes, it's so full. Yeah, and we all have mental health. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I think there's, you know, a misnomer that only certain people struggle or have mental health concerns, but we all have them. Yes, living in this world, you cannot (laughs) escape (laughs) a mental health challenge. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think lately there's been an increased culture of looking at mental health in the way we look at physical health like oh, something yes. that needs to be practiced and maintained yeah. daily yes. and like hopefully that thought process will become more common with time yeah yeah i hope so and i think things that you're doing mm-hmm. like having this podcast kind of breaks through some of that so Absolutely. people it starts to normalize the process Absolutely. for folks yeah i hope yeah. so yeah yes. For people who are looking to start their self-care journey, what are some things you think that people can feasibly do that will make an impact on their mental well-being? A lot of my students look at me very funny when I ask, what are your hobbies? Mm -hmm. Because I think in the world of psychology, we use the term coping. Mm -hmm. Coping simply means engaging in some activity with intentionality Mm -hmm. to help you move through a difficulty. And when we think about our hobbies, like for me, my hobby is cooking because I find that that's the one moment when my mind just kind of shuts off. I'm not thinking. And when I'm not thinking, I'm relaxing. And when I'm relaxing, I am calm. And when I'm calm, I feel better. So therefore, my hobby became the instrument through which I coped. Hmm. And so I always tell people, take an inventory of your hobbies, the things that you enjoy doing, because it is through accessing that enjoyment that you're able to move through a difficulty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And notice we keep saying what you yes. enjoy doing. Yeah. Because what works for your friend or family member doesn't always work for you. And so I always go to what keeps you going? Mm -hmm. What feeds your soul? Um, And look at that and continue to find ways to enhance that. And so, you know, there are some strategies, like we could talk about mindfulness, Mm -hmm. we can talk about being, you know, present focused, because I think so many times we are thinking about what's happening at five Mm o'clock. You want to be in a place mentally and emotionally where you be present in the now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that has been especially challenging for me this Mm -hmm. semester because I keep thinking back at high school, (laughs) back at how Uh things were at home. Yeah. Or worrying about the future, what's going to happen in a couple years from now. Mm -hmm. But it's a very active thing, I think, to be in the present, Mm -hmm. right? That's why my mom really encouraged me to press practice meditation because the idea is once you realize that your mind's drifted off you gently bring yourself back to the present without shaming yourself or feeling guilty it's just strengthening that muscle 
of being focused on what's happening right now. Yes, mm-hmm. I love that. I'm getting so excited because I love mindfulness. And that's part of what I do as a psychologist, which is teach students how to practice mindfulness. And mindfulness is the gift of noticing without judgment. Mm-hmm. Can you notice what's going on? And can you redirect yourself? That is what mindfulness is all about. Bringing back, bringing back, bringing back. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. And I hope more students through this podcast can understand that. You know, it's not about how many times you get something right Right. or you stay on the path, but it's your ability to come back to center, Mm -hmm. whatever that center is for Mm -hmm. you. Yeah, I always have this thing that I tell my students, I'm not worried about you falling. Mm -hmm. I'm not worried about you um, messing up or however you categorize that. What I'm most concerned about is your bounce back. Yes. And so it's being centered, Mm -hmm. not holding judgment around yourself that allows you to bounce back and to be present focused. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I think one of the reasons people are so skeptical about mindfulness is it sounds too simple. Mm -hmm. Like, how could just being in the present alleviate my mental illnesses? And, I mean, no one's saying it's a cure. There's multiple things that you have to do. Exactly. Give it a shot before you write it off. Because when we are thinking about the future, we are garnering worry. Mm -hmm. When we think about the past, we are garnering regret. Mm -hmm. When we think about the present moment, we're just noticing what's happening. There's no time to evaluate it. So when we're present focused or mindful is simply our ability to pull ourselves away Mm -hmm. from a space of worry and regret. Mm -hmm. So you're right, it won't solve it, Mm -hmm. but it'll show us how to not stay in those spaces longer than we need to bring yourself back to center you don't have to stay in worry you don't have to stay in regret just stay here where nothing's happened yet you don't have to evaluate it yeah absolutely and that takes practice Mm -hmm. you know it really does yeah so can you guys tell me a little bit more about emory's counseling services for the emory students who might want to look into that after hearing this episode Sure, absolutely. So, you know, we are undergoing a lot of change, Um, but what does remain is that we are here for Mm -hmm. all Emory students. Um, You know, we do tend to operate from more of a short-term goal-oriented model, but it doesn't mean that you can only come in here for one session and then you're done, because I think that poses a barrier when students feel like there are session limits. And while we would love to provide unlimited session limit or sessions, it can be challenging. So we do focus on the individual and Mm -hmm. what the individual needs and tailor, tailor it around that. So we offer individual counseling We offer group counseling, which we're hoping to expand in the near future. We also offer outreach programming. So if students are, you know, a part of groups on campus and you want to want us to come in and do some programming for you, we can do that as well. And then we're also going to be looking at ways to embed ourselves more within the campus community because I want us to get outside of these walls of caps and to really be in community with you all. Mm -hmm. 
so you can see us and so yes. we can see you and we can meet your needs where you're at yes i will say one of the services we do offer that's my personal favorite is couples counseling too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a lot of students are very shocked to know that we can do that but that's part of you know this this period in your lives you're learning how to navigate relationships and we can help not just romantic exactly friendships we can help you set in place the tools and behavioral Mm -hmm. patterns to successfully navigate relationships because you don't need those skills beyond your four five six years here so we do couples counseling I had no idea that was a thing. Yes. 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 <laughs> it is a thing. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that in. Yes. Yeah. I think we oftentimes think of relationships, especially romantic ones, as kind of secondary when you're a student. Mm-hmm. Like, focused on your studies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait until you're older. But, like, people are genuinely invested in these relationships. Yes. And relationship skills are important. And it causes mm-hmm. stress when things aren't going how you want them to. Yeah. Because yeah. communication is key. Yeah. So that's probably one of the biggest things within relationships that, you know, creates the most stress is yeah. not knowing how your partner, your friend, or whomever, the style of communication, the style of need. Yes. If you don't know that, that can be challenging. And if students have a friend who's having any mental health issues or they're worried for their friend, how would you recommend they intervene? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I love to tell students, and I think Dr. Gaines said this earlier, is know your limits. Mm-hmm. You know, we are psychologists by trade, which basically means that we've been trained to do a lot yeah. of what we do, a lot of the intervention. And so it can feel very heavy to hold the responsibility of helping or solving the problems of your friends. And sometimes that may not actually be what they need. The best thing that you can do for a friend in need or a friend you have a concern for is know your limits and know where to direct them. Mm -hmm. Here at Emory Caps, students can give us a call if they have a concern for someone else. And what we will be able to do is listen, affirm, validate, and give you the resources that you need to help get your friend, your classmate connected to services that will help them to move whatever, move through whatever challenge they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because sometimes people will take too much pressure on mm-hmm. themselves. Yes. And then your own mental health is affected, right? Yes. Yes. Let us take on that (laughs) burden. That's what we're here for. Let us do the job. And and the other piece to that that I think we don't talk about a lot is the acceptance piece. Mm -hmm. Like accepting if your friend is upset Mm -hmm. with you if you've reached out on their behalf to get Mm -hmm. support. Because it's hard for the caregiver as Mm -hmm. well. So I always like to put that in the space that... You know, they may be upset, but that's only in the moment. Yeah. You know, what matters most is the outcome, and that was you getting them to the support that they needed. Yeah. Yeah. Also, sometimes when people are feeling depressed, they don't want to feel better. They want to be left alone. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's okay to ignore what they're saying and show up to their dorm anyways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to do it without judgment. I think part of the reason why 
folks may not feel like they want to come out of that is because they've been used to it for so long. And kind of going back to, you know, how to show up, holding space. Mm-hmm. Holding space is a top intervention tool that even you the students can do mm-hmm. it takes nothing for you to just sit in a room quiet with someone you you never know how much of an impact that can have on someone because even though they're struggling internally i know if i need to reach out somebody will reach back mm-hmm. so sharing space that's all you have to do hold space that is an intervention I think that's very beautifully put. You don't have to do anything, but just being there is often all people need to know. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. You know, one of the things we didn't add about our services through CAPS or who we are Mm -hmm. is we are a very diverse clinical team. You know, and so making sure that we represent by and large the Emory community as well is very important and making sure the services that we deliver are multiculturally informed as Mm -hmm. well so I want to put that out there because I think some folks think that CAPS is not diverse Mm -hmm. and part of that is just a lack of awareness because we're not out there as much as we can be yeah I think Oftentimes for people who tried counseling in their high school or therapy back where they're from, perhaps over there they couldn't get as diverse care. So they had a negative experience. But for anyone listening who's experienced that, I would encourage them to try again at Emory. You'll probably have better success here finding someone who understands the cultural context of your feelings. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's great. Okay, I think those are all the questions I had. Is there anything else that you guys would like to add? I would like to encourage everyone that's listening, all the students at Emory, to really embrace the journey that you're on. Mm. It's so easy to fall into think we should be doing and how we think we should show up, that it takes us away from who we truly are Mm -hmm. authentically. And so I would just encourage everybody to embrace the journey you're on both those challenges, the wins, and the moments when you question, what am I doing? Yeah. It's all opportunities for growth. Yeah. And related to that, I would say, be gentle with yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Life is so hard, and you will encounter people who will contribute to that hardship, and you don't want to be yet another person contributing to your own hardship. Show yourself some love, show yourself some compassion, and be gentle because you are doing something very tough, Mm -hmm. which is waking up, leaving the dorm room every morning and facing the world. Mm -hmm. That in and of itself is an accomplishment. Mm -hmm. So celebrate yourself and be gentle because you're doing a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I think part of being gentle is be flexible. Yes. It's okay to change your mm-hmm. mind, mm-hmm. especially coming here. You have so much new exposure. Yes. You're probably going to change your mind. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Things that, yeah. Like, you thought were true when mm-hmm. you came. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, giving yourself that flexibility. Exactly. Absolutely. I love it. That's all the questions I had today. If any of our listeners have any questions, please don't hesitate to email notanotherdepressedteen at gmail.com. I hope this episode was informational, and once again, please don't hesitate to email us with any lingering questions.